I'd mentioned on Sunday, and I want to kind of start something a little bit different for the first five or ten minutes of service, um, of opening up uh, the, the microphone or the, the uh, stage to testimonies for, for one area, or really kind of two, of what the Lord has done in you as you are walking as a disciple of Christ. What I mean is, is that maybe you were hurting, you needed a word, and the Lord showed you his word, showed you his power, made a way for you. Because we are called to be disciples. We are called to be changing and to be growing. And I want to hear, I think the church needs to hear your story. That maybe you, you didn't have rent and you prayed and asked the Lord for provision and somehow provision showed up. I don't know how it showed up, but it showed up. Or maybe you needed healed. Maybe you needed a word for someone. And then, do you have a testimony or a word about how God gave you a word for someone? Maybe someone walked up to you and their life was falling apart. Their marriage was hurting and you offered them hope. You offered them, um, you discipled them. It might have just been a little sentence that you just spoke into their life. It might be a long, drawn-out thing that you sat down and opened up the Bible and walked them through some steps of, of, of following Christ or of breakthrough or of um, transformation or a change. Maybe you could show them truth, whether it's big or small, that you are walking and doing what God's called you to do. We need to hear it. We need to hear it in here. We need to get excited about growing in Christ and helping others find Christ. I mean, that's the call of us individually and the call as a church. So I want to encourage you, if you have um, something to share in those two areas, I want to just give that way. Um, It says in uh, Revelation 12, 11, that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. And what's going to happen is someone's going to come up here and share what they've done, and you're going to be able to say, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. So many times we look at the office or the position of pastor and there's a separation there. If you knew how real I was, you wouldn't have that separation. But unfortunately, the stage creates that, the position creates that, the church creates that, the world creates that. So I'm going to continue to give my testimony and my stories and my mistakes. But we need to hear, and you need to be telling it in your small group and in Sunday school and in your life. Tell people how God's moving in your life. Somebody say amen. That's the part where you respond and you say, hey, right, I'm called. The Lord says for me to go and for us to be a church, a body that works together to help impact the people around us, to impact for the kingdom of God, to grow, to expand the kingdom of God. Amen? That's why we're here. That's why you're here. Whether you know it or not, you may be here to get free coffee and hear some good music and have some fun. Nope, you're here to be a change agent in the world. But the first thing you got to do is you got to change here. You got to, you've got to change and then become a, an agent to go change um, our city. So um, that's, the, that's the intention of why we're here, to decide, discipleship amongst ourselves, to receive the word tonight, and to get equipped to go and fulfill this outward call that the Lord has placed in us as a church body as well as an individual. I mean, you're not here to warm up you. You're wasting space if that's what you're doing. You are here to change the world. So we're going to turn back to John chapter 1. I was wrapping up there. It's been a couple weeks. Last week we just had an amazing time of prophecy. Those of y'all that missed it, y'all missed it. Man, it was good, wasn't it? It was so awesome. Ben, Grace, and uh, 
Pastor Justin just started speaking into people's lives, and I know the presence of the Lord just moved mightily here. And I wound up hearing quite a few testimonies and words given after about how, how much they were impacted, and um, it was just awesome. So I'm going to jump back. We're going to go to uh, John chapter 1, uh, verse 43. While I read John chapter 1, I'm just going to tell you it's from the New King James. Then when we go to John chapter 2, it's going to be from the New Living. But this is where I ended a couple weeks ago. Verse 43. Now, church, my intention of going to John chapter 1 is for us to be in the gospel, to be prepared to be able to share the gospel. Uh, Mark chapter 16, I believe, says that we are to go from here and to uh, share the good news. That's why we're in John chapter 1, is to give you good news and to hear what Jesus has to say. Amen? That We're not just trying to hear some good scripture and go away from here. No, this is an equipping for you to get what you need so that you can go supply others' needs. Hey, thank you. Come on up. Please. <laughs> I thought he was going to leave the testimony part out. <laughs> uh, those of you who were here last week, Ben spoke words over me. But Ben did not realize what he was saying when he spoke over me. Those of you who know me know I have been battling a neck issue for a year and a half. I've been medicated, beyond medicated, and what Ben didn't see was me, when I, was me getting a healing. Several months ago when Paul Sr. was here, the Holy Spirit told me to bring him up front in the wheelchair and pray for him. And the day I prayed for you, prayed for him, me and him somehow became connected. As he slowly spiraled downhill, I became more and more oppressed. I was not able to pray for myself, but I was still praying for him. And I know he was praying for me because we responded back and forth quite a bit. But oppression set in in my life. Do you know what oppression is? Oppression is being under the pressure and control of someone you don't want to be under the control of. The devil was sitting on my head. He was holding me down, holding me back. Uh, Paul could probably tell in the deacons' meetings that I was just, I was there physically. I really don't, didn't have a lot of input. The past two weeks, everybody says, you're totally different. I am. Last week, you all clapped when Ben gave his word because I didn't have a neck brace on. That wasn't what Ben saw. I was so oppressed, I was suicidal. My mother was afraid of what I do. My wife was afraid of what I do. I finally talked to the doctor, and he gave me medication for that. You know, that doctors got a pill for everything. And he gave me medication for that. I went and had my surgery on June 2nd. I woke up from surgery pain-free. I took their medication for another three or four days like they told me to. But again, back to being connected to Paul Sr. I was praying for his healing, and he was praying for my healing. He died June the 4th. The day he died, I was healed. He was healed. I was healed. 
My life turned around totally. I was a new person. The weight was gone just that quick. Oppression is gone. Depression is gone. I'm living life again. I talked to Ben Sunday, and he gave me the full detail of what he saw. He saw me in a tomb, just like Jesus was in. And he saw a stone in front of that tomb, just like Jesus had. That stone was rolled away, and I was resurrected. And I'm here today to tell you that I'm a new person. I have been resurrected. Would it be okay if I ask, if anybody is here is suffering from depression, which is the oppression of the devil who is sitting on you, holding you down, holding you back, keeping the joy out of your life, I would like to pray for you today. If anybody here is suffering from depression, I would like for you to come up, and I would like to pray for you because God has set me free. I have that spirit in me. I have that freedom of oppression and depression in my life, and I want to share it with you. I want you to smile like I smile now because it's been a long time since I smile like I'm smiling now. I mean, it is just amazing. And uh, I, have, I have certain restrictions with my neck. I'm going to tell one on Joyce real quick, and I'll give you the mic back. I have... I have I have certain restrictions on my neck. I'm not allowed to lift a lot just yet. And I'm telling everybody I feel like a toddler. Because you know how a toddler is? They go to do something, they say, no, no, no. That's me. Joyce is telling me, no, I, I'm not allowed to do anything. But I, I feel so good, I want to do it all. So if you see Joyce telling me no, you know why. So, But I just want you to know, you know if you did want to come up forward, Find me after church. I'll pray with you about depression because I've lived in depression for a year and a half. The last six months, I have been totally, totally overtaken by it. But now I am delivered from it and I am free and I'm a new person. Amen. Wasn't that good? I would... I'm going to argue with you just for a minute. In the numbers that we have here, I'd say that there are some people that are battling it, that are afraid to say. And I'm just going to risk everything. Uh, back in 2012, I wound up falling into a pretty big hole myself. Elizabeth and I went together. I'm try not to get sad. I don't think I'm sad. It's just coming on me now. Um, but she was able to, through circumstances, walk out of that and really have her joy replaced with the Lord's uh, presence and move and with a lot of people praying for her. I kind of got left. I feel like sitting in my chair at home, left there as she kept going. So I kept digging and scrapping, and some of my deacons knew what was going on. Some didn't. Um, and the Lord has really delivered me in so many different ways. But I have even said over the last two weeks, I still feel like I've got a few spots that want to just hit me at times. It's like, I just, it's like I'm standing in the light, but then I just get in one little place and it's dark. So, And I was sitting there by Elizabeth and I felt like she was thinking, oh God, it's Paul and he's not going to get up. And, and I didn't want to get up. <laughs> Pastors have a problem receiving prayer in their own church. I can tell you that I do because I got to look the part I got to play the part um, but I think it's probably me and I don't I want to say I'm not walking around in a hole it's not that I don't want to get out of bed I'll get out of bed I work I work hard I do my stuff but I do have little spots 
I mentioned. Cloud hanging over your head. Yeah, well, it's more like just little, just like there is just a dark place over there, and I just walk into it. And I, I don't realize it's there and, until I, I realize it or until I'm in trouble. And I mentioned it to my staff. I don't know where Justin went, but I mentioned it to my staff this week just that I have found myself in just little holes every now and then and still trying to dig my way out. So I'm just going to let you pray for me. That's okay. okay. All right. Can I anoint you? Of course. Okay. Anyone else? Pray that Satan will let you go. Those spots that you keep walking into, in the name of Jesus, I command them to disappear. Satan, you have no authority over this man. I lift him up to you right now, Jesus. He is yours. He is healed. And Satan, we have built a barrier around him that you cannot break through. The spirit of oppression, the spirit of depression, everything that's involved in this is gone right now in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we thank you and we love you and we pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, most of you, um, I'm the type of person, I try to keep things to myself. I don't try to, I don't want to solicit anybody's uh, pity or whatever. Certain people know what I've been going through physically. Um, back over a year ago, I lost part of my foot. And from that, um, the bones is what they call charco. They decided to free float in my body. They cast, and on the side of my foot, I've got a lump of bones that's this wide, about that deep, and about that long on this side of my foot. That's why I hobble around. It causes me extreme pain. I've had extreme pain in my hips from where all of it's thrown my body out of whack. Um, I just I put on a smile when people ask me, am I doing fine? I just let everybody know I'm doing fine because I trust the Lord. No matter what state, like Paul says, no matter what state I'm in, I'm going to be content because to me, if he wants to heal me, he'll heal me, okay? If he doesn't, I'm still like Paul. I'm going to still keep on trotting. I'm going to keep on going. But there is times in my life that because not only did it mess that up, my shoulders, it's messed me up there. I'm limited to 10 pounds. I uh, can't stand very long, can't sit very long periods of time. I've got to keep moving because my legs start swelling and I start through all the pain. Um, Sunday, I thank God because we've been praying for to get some relief in this foot. Finally, Sunday was my first day I had no pain in this foot. Then, Sunday night, I started having jabbing, severe pain that I was screaming at house because it hurt so bad. So it's been back and forth, back and forth, and I keep my face up. I keep everything good. I keep, I try to stay in the Word and study. And but like, like you said, there's times that that cloud will come over you and make you feel like, well, you're not half a person anymore. You can't seem to, you know, you don't have a life when you're having to sit at home. You're having to lay down, or you can't do. I mean. I was a hard worker. I've always worked hard all my life. That's all I know. 
That's all I know to do. And now my life has completely been turned upside down. So I felt tonight when he was talking, you've, you've got to share what you're going through. Okay? Because if you don't share, nobody really knows what you're going through. And how can you let your brothers and sisters, which you feel is your family, understand what you're going through and help them to pray for you? Okay? Now, I mean, you'll see me out doing some things, but people don't realize, like, <laughs> he'll go by, Hey, Bill, how you doing? When I'm trying to mow the yard, but he don't see me the next day or so laying in bed, hurting from all that I've done. So, I mean... I just want you to let you know, like he said, being real, that it does happen. It does hurt. And there is times that the cloud does come on. I still rebuke it. But sometimes it's better to let your family know so they can help you pray. So that when those clouds do come on, you can have somebody standing with you. Because by yourself, I mean, yeah, you can, you can pray and believe God. But at the same time, it says that when two or more are gathered, okay? So when you have more there with you helping you pray for your situations, it changes your life and helps helps through those times. And yes, I agree. I've been in the same place. There was a time back when this first happened. I wasn't suicidal because I've went through that once before. I went through that, so I knew that that's not an answer. That is not a, even an option. But at the same time, that you just you get to that place where you feel worthless. You just you don't have no reason really you want to live, but you know you've got to because. You've got to serve Jesus. You've just got to go on. So when that first happened to me, I just told God, I lost it in the hospital. I told him, I said, guys, I said, I don't, I, I'm not comparing myself to Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, but if he can wrestle with God and his leg is out, he didn't stop living. Just because his leg was out and he had that haunt, as they call it, he still lived. So that's what my mind, that's released me when I had that, but there's still those clouds. So I'm still walking on, I'm still pressing forward, I'm still believing. Bless his heart, Quentin, he's been praying hard, believing, and that was kind of funny when that man said that about praying for bones. Because a couple weeks before that, Quentin had been praying hard for my feet. He said the bones, the bones to come back together, go back into its place. So that was awesome when he said that that night. So I'm still holding on to that word, I'm still believing. But until it happens, I'm still, like Paul, going to keep pressing forward and going to keep believing. So I can use prayer myself because those clouds do come up and it does arise. Even though y'all may never see it and I don't let it show, it's still there. We're not confessing our faults to one another. We're not confessing what is our burdens to one another because the enemy does not want healing or unity or the power that comes from this very thing so in James 5 16 it says confess your faults your sins your burdens so that you may be healed and what he just did was what it takes to get free to get out of the darkness to get out of the shadows to get out from under that depression that took a lot of guts for you pastor and I admire you so much it's easy just to sit back and go, I can deal with this. But it's a lot better when you let the people that love you and support you in on it so that we can lift you up. Every second we think of you, every th second we think of Bill, Greg, 
one another because I know what you're going through. I know what you're fighting. So I just want to give that confirmation that God said we need to expose what's going on in the body of Christ. Don't keep it. Don't hide it. Don't keep it under the, the blankets. Bring it out into the light so that the Holy Spirit can work in our lives. Quentin, where'd you go? Oh, okay. I'll stand in for Quentin. <laughs> or uh, Ben, you come up and pray and you stand in for Quentin. We're going to pray for you for uh, those dark spots, but also for your bones and for your, for your healing again. So we all, all just join in. Let's pray together. Yeah. This is church, everybody. Amen. This is church. Um, I want to say that the, fir the, uh, the first step to recovery is admitting. When you don't admit, when you don't come into the light and are able to say, I'm having this problem, you can just stay right where you are because you're not coming out of it. So I agree with that. It's got to come into the light, and uh, I want to encourage you. Um, share, get connected to this body, get connected to the Lord and share with him, share with the Lord, share with each other. Uh, it's hard for me in the position that I'm in to not always have to look like I've got everything together. And that is the, uh, that is the um, strategy of the enemy to try to keep me where I am. And he can't, I'm not going to do it anymore. So uh, I, I do want to give you a word. We don't, I don't have much time, but I've got a little bit of time. John chapter 1. Um, I want to back up, and let me just uh, say, Greg, thank you for starting that. That was great. Thank you. Um, John chapter 1. Very simple. I'm going to try to get to a, uh, get to a particular point. We're going to start in verse 43. I think I've got it in there for you, Pastor Justin. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, we get so, we make things so complicated. All Jesus said to do was follow me. 
That's it. Everybody say, follow me. That's all he says. That's all we have to do. Everything else will line up if we will get to following the right leader. Everything else will line up. All he said to do was follow me. How do we follow Jesus? We listen to him. We follow his, his lead. He says to go this way. He walks it as he did a man. We follow that lead. He is a leader that is trying to lead us. He says, follow me. We must be in his word. We must be asking for the move of his spirit, for his spirit to fill us. The way that we know that we are the sons of God is that we are led by the spirit of God. I want to be led by the Lord. I want to be following him. I want to follow him. Now, verse 44 says, Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. What are they saying? They're saying, We have found the one that's been prophesied about. We found him. Saying this to Nathanael. And Nathanael says... Can anything good come out of all good? Is that not what he said? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, someone comes to me and says, we found him. He's from where? The guy that's been prophesied about is from Nazareth? Look what Philip said to him. Uh, Back one. Come and see. Now, if we can break that down straight to the core, this is where you're out in the world and people are saying, I'm an atheist, I hate God, I hate church. And all you do is just say, hey, that's okay. I get it. I've been where you are. Just come with me. Come with me. We're having Wednesday night meals. Nobody's going to preach at you. We're just going to eat. We're just going to get together in small group and just talk and just love on each other. Just come and see. Come and see for yourself. That's all Philip is saying. Hey, come to church with me. He's saying, come and see what I'm talking about. I've seen him. I've, I know this to be true, but I get it. You don't. You've got questions. Just come with me. Come join my family and come see what happens. Can you not see that he is leading Nathaniel to Christ? He's literally going to lead him to Christ. Is that not right? Jesus is here. The man prophesied about, oh my gosh, where is he from? Nah, nothing good can come out of that. Okay, well just come with me. Now I want you to notice that's relationship. He didn't say go to church over here at this place at six o'clock and you'll see. No, he says, come with me. You trust me. You're standing here in my presence. We know each other. You can trust me. Just come with me. I'm not a a maniac. I'm not out here getting drunk and being an idiot all the time. Just come on with me. And what does he do? He comes. This guy who is saying already, that can't be right. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Well, just come with me. How many times do people come to church because they're invited? Just because you have a relationship and you just say, hey, come with me. Philip is literally leading him to Christ. There is a call to invite people to the body of Christ, to church. Come and see. Come and see my family. And you know, when, I want you to know that when they come to church, 
They find family. They find love. They find no rejection. They find hope. They find support. That church body, that's where we're going. They're not coming to feel bad about themselves. They're not coming to be pointed out everything that they're doing wrong. They're coming into a family that can't wait for them to get there and to love on them and to get to know them. And you're hurting? Well, I'm going to hurt with you. I watched one of the most precious things happen at the funeral home the other night. There was a young man that went through the line that did not even know the person that had passed away, the son of the uh, pastor that had passed away. And this young man just came through. He was kind of close to me, and he came through, and he just broke down and just hugged this young man. Oh, I can't. I think it would hurt his feelings. Okay, it was, <laughs> it was Rita Marie's boyfriend, Bud, who helps in youth. And we're walking through, and we hug them and love on them. And, you know, I kind of coach Sarah Beth, hey, this is what you say. You don't have to do anything more than that. Just say you're sorry and offer a handshake. And she just said, well, can I hug them? And I'm like, well, if they hug you, then hug them back. But I don't know. Just feel that out. If you want to hug them, hug them. They'll be fine. So we're walking through, and Rita Marie hugs the son. His name's uh, Isaac. And then Bud goes through. And next thing I know, I turn around, and Bud is just pouring out tears oh it just about made me cry just watching him and next thing I know I see Bud just put his head on the guy's shoulders just hugging him and the young man Isaac was just really ministering to him they were just having a, a time together so they walk away and we're walking out to our car and I, I said to Rita Marie I said Rita Marie does is Bud best friends with Isaac she goes no she doesn't even know him he doesn't even know him And what I laughed, I did not laugh like, oh my gosh, you're such an idiot. What are you doing? I laughed in that I saw his Superman cape come out when he got in that place. It was a superhero. I want you to know it was the spirit of God and a gift placed on him to meet that person that he did not hardly even know. I think it's how Jesus would have loved him right then. If Jesus had been walking through that line, he would, have, he would have felt that person's heart. It was one of the most amazing things I have ever seen. I give Bud the hardest time over everything. But I'm telling you, he, the light was shining on him. But that is what should be experienced when the outsider that does not, that rejects God, that rejects the picture of the world that the church has painted on God, this messed up view of who God is, when they come in and experience true love in this body through us and through the Spirit of God, people are going to be changed. Do y'all hear me? Look what happens. Um, Philip takes him and brings him to Christ. So now verse 47, and I'm almost done. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Now I'm going to just make a little bit of a joke here. I feel like that's what happens when I walk up to somebody like Ben, that he can just walk up and say, Behold, here comes this person. This is what's going on in your life. What? Who are you? Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael says to him, 
How do you know me? What's going on? Jesus answered him and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. This speaks so much to me. Verse 49, Nathanael answered him, because all he had to do was have somebody recognize him for who he really was. The Lord spoke directly into his heart that no one else could have spoke to. It's just like when, when a prophet speaks directly to someone and doesn't know him and sits here and says, Stacy and Tim, and, and then refers to y'all in the Methodist theology and the Methodist people. And Ben doesn't know. He just keeps on going. He starts calling somebody else out. And she's like, you didn't even know we're Methodist pastors, did you? It's like, and for Ben, it's like, no, but makes sense. And then he kept on going. Where I want to sit there and just kind of gloat in who God is and how he's operating. He, Ben's already off casting out a demon over here on somebody. So I'm not kidding. It's so awesome. So Jesus just out of, just, just walks right up and says, Nathaniel, I saw you. Before Philip ever grabbed you, I saw you. I saw you. I, I, want, I want you to catch something here. That when God reveals himself, when Nathaniel tasted grace and truth, right then he turned. He said, you are the son of God. Did you catch that? Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now remember, this is the man that said nothing good comes out of, out of uh, Nazareth. He says, you are the king. Let's keep going just a little bit further. The next two verses. Jesus answered him and said, because I, and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. What's he saying? Jesus has just had this outsider come in, had already kind of laughed at it and said, I don't know where he's from. He can't be any good because he's from the other side of the tracks sits there and calls him out, and now he's saying right here in his face, the, the, the atmosphere hasn't changed, I see potential in you. You are awesome, and you are going to be even greater than this. You're going to do greater things than this right here. What I just did, Jesus is saying, I just called you out. I saw you under the tree, and I knew who you were. You're going to do greater things than this. Can you imagine an outsider coming in here and us loving on them and the Spirit of God hitting them? They can't explain it. It's like, what is going on? I feel something. There is a love here I've never experienced. And all of a sudden, that darkness they're walking in flees. You know what happened to me? I walked in here with some darkness still, some spots on my heart, and I've walked out of here with them gone. That's what can happen with those that are outside this church that are in your circle of influence that are begging for you to grab them and bring them into a family. Bring them into the light. Give them light. Verse 51, and he said it to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending. Upon the Son of Man. I'm telling you what, that makes me want to run around the church. 
it makes me want to jump up and down and shout that there is so much potential and the, the heart of the Lord is desiring to reach these people that are dying. They're dying. And his way is for them to be reached through you. Come and see. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have you have I give to you. Stand up and walk. Let me lay my hands on you and pray for you. Let me give you grace and truth. Let me give you the word of God that's going to deliver you out of your terrible marriage, out of your financial problems, out of your health issues. Let me give you hope. Can anybody get excited? Can we take this word and try to go have impact on people? Allow the Lord to have impact on us? Let's go. Let's go.